Hello again, everyone. We're back for a brand new episode of the Mayor Tom Henry podcast. Thank you for joining us. This is episode number 22, recorded on March the 25th, 2019 from Citizen Square. On today's episode, we'll be discussing a topic that, unfortunately, has affected our community and many communities around the country, and that's the opioid ec- epidemic. To get a better understanding of this issue, I'm glad to be joined today by Dr. Deborah McMahon, who is the Health Commissioner of Allen County. Dr. McMahon, thank you for coming. Sure. Thanks. Glad to be here. Doctor, I've got several questions that I'd like to ask you today because our listeners and obviously a number of others have written to us uh, very concerned about the opioid Mm -hmm. epidemic and and what we're doing as a community, Mm -hmm. as a city and a county, uh, to address this issue. Mm -hmm. I know that uh, the health department's been working with Mm -hmm. the city of Fort Wayne in a number of different ways Mm -hmm. over the past several years to try to curb the opioid crisis in our community. Uh, Were there any surprises that came out as a result of uh, the increased work in this area? Boy, I'll tell you, um, actually, I think, you know, as you mentioned, we've been working on this for about five years. And I think one of the biggest surprises was just really the scope of the problem. If we really look at, you know, addiction on a continuum of people who are just maybe misusing their drugs or prescription drugs versus people who are frankly abusing them, to think that in a community of uh, 370,000, there are probably 30 to 50,000 people on that continuum. The scope of the problem, I think, was one of the most sobering, um, at least, facets that we really uncovered and realizing how many people, how diverse the population, that it really affects the average person looks like you and me. And to, to see a problem of that magnitude really was really very sobering. Well, you know, Doctor, I, I think that there's somewhat of a, of a misperception out there of those who abuse Mm -hmm. opioids. Mm -hmm. I think automatically people begin to think of a lot of uh, uh, the stereotypical uh, heroin addicts Mm -hmm. and and, uh, and back alley operations and all of this. And obviously there's there's some Mm -hmm. of that and there's plenty of that. Uh, But I, I don't think that a lot of citizens realize that in many cases this started out very innocently by people who were in pain because of an operation or some other reason and they went to their respective doctors and the doctors again I think at the time innocently Mm -hmm. prescribed uh, pain-killing drugs Vicodin and other things who uh, uh, I think thought that they were relatively safe but as a result of that could you kind of walk through what started off again, I think, as, as good intentions by many, but has evolved to something that unfortunately uh, is is in a critical stage now? Mm-hmm. Well, boy, you really summed it up very nicely. <laughs> and uh, I think it really is important when you have a crisis of this magnitude as leaders to kind of step back and look at the evolution, not to point fingers and blame, mm-hmm. but to understand how do you have a problem of this magnitude? Mm-hmm. And I think one of the most important lessons that I've learned from this when we go back and look historically at the evolution of this problem is that you don't have a problem of this magnitude with a few bad patients, a few rogue doctors, a bad pharmaceutical, you have a problem of this scope and magnitude when a lot of people got it wrong. And the other really important lesson is well-intentioned people can get it wrong. And this all started as 
a desire based on a study that showed that physicians were not doing a very good job at controlling pain, mm -hmm. a whole momentum and an evolution was developed to really create better opportunities for us to control pain. And what a better way to do it than through medications. They're easy, they're easily manufactured, it's, an e it's much easier to take a pill than go through a lot of other physical therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, all that stuff. So uh, really important to realize that really even well-intentioned people can get it wrong, and that's exactly what happened. And that what made it such a big problem was the fact that we have at any given time 100 million Americans that are struggling with chronic pain, even now, today. And so when you have a big population with a big need and you start writing prescriptions, um, it can just really get out of control very quickly. And then government jumped on board, you know, really basing reimbursement based on satisfaction with pain. Pharmaceutical companies only too happy to make more drugs. Physicians only too happy to prescribe it and patients too happy to take them. You're right, that's how this happened. But we can't forget that it really started with people legitimately wanting to end suffering. Um, the problem is we just got it wrong. And you know what, Mayor? I think this would have gone unchecked for more years if the CDC hadn't realized in 2010, oh my gosh, we have more people dying of accidental drug overdoses than motor vehicle accidents. That you know, caused them to turn the lens backward and look and see, are these really as safe as we think? And we realized, no, they're not. We realized people can become addicted much more quickly than we anticipated, that it was much easier to become addicted to these medications, and that, you know, that they were not as safe as we thought. A lot of overdoses, accidental, were occurring because people were on such high doses, because that's what it took to control their pain. Well, doctor, with all of that obviously on our doorstep now, and I know, again, you've been working with the police department, you've been working with social service agencies, you've been working with the health care community. Now that we know what's before mm -hmm. us, what are some of the recent efforts that are mm -hmm. being made in order to try to combat this? And, Mayor, I know you understand this and feel very as fortunate as I do that we really live and work in a community that really gets it and cares. You know, it, it can't just be that the mayor and the health commissioner get it. You really have to have the engagement of philanthropy, the judicial system, law enforcement, medicine, mental health, the faith community, and I just want to reassure your listeners that you live in a community where people have really been working hard from all those sectors. And what's most unique in Allen County versus in, in Fort Wayne versus other places is that they've been working together. You know, for a long, it's very easy to work in your own discipline and your own lane, so to speak. But when you have a complex problem like this, you really need to understand the viewpoint from law enforcement, from medicine, from the faith, from government. You need to understand that and allocate resources appropriately. The fact that we have philanthropy like the Lutheran Foundation that is putting so much money and time on the table for this, you could not have a better police department. Uh, mayor than you have right now that really are responding and working and have been working with us for a long time. You are so, and I feel so fortunate, we have two medical communities that are really rising to the challenge in our mental health community, working with uh, the judges. I mean, there's a lot of good efforts going on this, but we need more. It's a complicated, complex problem. Speaking of the complexity of the problem, mm -hmm. unfortunately, one of the challenges that I know you have and we have is the progression of drug abuse as a result of, again, originally 
a rather innocent attempt at trying to take care of pain when the pain medication is taken away from a lot of these individuals who uh, feel that they're still in pain, sometimes they move on to illegal drugs, mm -hmm. particularly heroin. Uh, you started, or we started, a rather controversial syringe, mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna say treatment program, mm -hmm. uh, for lack of a better term, but it was very controversial. What's the status of that? Well, our syringe services program is again a recognized um, uh, service by the World Health Organization, CDC, every medical entity and public health entity supports these because they've been around for a very long period. It's probably about 30 years now. Mm -hmm. We've only had ours for like three years, I think going on three years. Mm -hmm. And it's been effective in terms of at least plateauing our hepatitis C cases, mm -hmm. which was one of the reasons right. why we did this. Um, but we have been able to provide in a very responsible way. They have to turn in uh, used needles to be able to get uh, new mm -hmm. needles so and they've been very good about doing mm -hmm. that or they don't get them so mm -hmm. they've learned that and they're right. doing that but um, so we have been able to minimize mm -hmm. the transmission of infectious diseases that way but I think we've also been very helpful because a number of them have gone into treatment we are very fortunate at our syringe services program that our mental health providers clean slate Bowen Center Park Center mm -hmm. are on site they do that uh, free they're on site, so if somebody says, you know, today's the day, I want to at least hear about it and get connected, those, they can go right into a private counseling room with those folks and they can get signed on. We even have from, um, 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 uh, not United Way, but we have a, mm -hmm. a local entity that's actually uh, provide, Brightpoint, mm -hmm. sorry, Brightpoint is providing a person who will help them get signed on to the Health Insure Healthy Indiana Plan. So we have a lot of resources there, and I think it's doing what it needs to do. But you know, Mayor, you said something, and I don't think most people probably understand how rare it is to have somebody like you in a leadership that really gets the whole evolution of this. But you said something that I think it's really important for a lot of people to understand, and that is people don't get, how can somebody who looks like me end up on heroin? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I told you we have to learn important lessons that this teaches us, and one is that policy works. And what I mean by that is in 2014, at the local level, we implemented new prescribing rules so doctors were not writing these prescriptions anymore, and they really adjusted to that and stopped doing it. We had pill mills that were shut down, right. and that we had the Mexican cartel switch to heroin. So now all of a sudden, these people who had been getting legitimate prescriptions for prescription opioids for years were cut off. We didn't think about the capacity to absorb those people. And unfortunately, those people went to the street. And it doesn't take very long to realize that what you paid $30 a month for your copay for insurance to provide a medication, mm -hmm. the drug dealers are charging a dollar a milligram. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't take very long for them to realize, I can't afford buying what I was taking. I'll go to something cheaper like heroin. That's how that happens. That's how you have somebody on heroin that has a, is, is a functioning addict. They're working, they're taking care of their family, but that's how they're on heroin. We didn't, you know, I realize policy works, but the impact is really influenced by how well prepared you are for the consequences. And I have to say, we just did not anticipate being able to get all those people into treatment. And that's probably why there's such a big challenge to many communities, not just Fort Wayne, but oh, yeah. a lot of our communities, big or small, I just don't think they were prepared no. for the onslaught of 
what happened as a result of all this. But let me take you away from the opioid uh, crisis situation just for a few moments because we do have a number of other health issues mm -hmm. facing our community mm -hmm. and you and your staff every day go out into the streets mm -hmm. and address all types of health issues from obesity and type 2 diabetes which I know are two issues that I, I, I know that the health department is concerned about but there are others as mm -hmm. well. Can uh, you address a few of the issues and and uh, some of the programs that were that you're putting together to help address those? Well, I'll tell you, Mayor, it's really disappointing that we just got our county health rankings. You'll be getting a letter from me shortly <laughs> describing that, and you can feel the same as I do, very disappointed, uh, that we are 46th, the 46th county in terms of health outcomes in our state is very disappointing to me because mm -hmm. I look around and I see two good health systems. I see an engaged philanthropy. Mm -hmm. I see... I, I, I just can't reconcile my mind to why are we struggling with these issues mm -hmm. uniquely in not only Allen County but Indiana. Indiana is 41st in the nation. We're in the bottom 10 in terms of health outcomes. And, you know, to be honest, I think a lot of it uh, is, is just really begins mentally. I think a lot of it really begins. And you just have to look at your own self on a day when you don't maybe feel quite up to snuff. How many great creative things did you really do? How much did you really contribute that day? Well, sadly, what the data shows us, there are a fair number of people in Allen County almost every day feel that way. And so you're vulnerable when you don't feel well. You're vulnerable to making bad choices. And I think the, the Internet makes it so easy to make a bad choice, whether it be drugs, um, sex, donuts, shoes, whatever your vice is, whatever you're genetically inclined to abuse, it makes it so easy now. So I can't help but think that a lot of it is how do people just feel when they wake up every morning because you have to have a certain level of feeling, you know, capable of dealing with the day because living a good life, a productive life is hard. It's just that for you it's become the norm. For me it's kind of become the norm and for a lot of people that's not true. Undoubtedly there are a lot of sociological issues mm -hmm. at play, mm -hmm. economic issues perhaps, mm -hmm. but I still wonder sometimes why a state like Michigan has a significantly better rating than we do, right. or at least they have in the past. They're no more Midwestern than we are. Uh, they're no more blue-collar than we are, yet there's a significant difference mm -hmm. in the health situation in Michigan than there is here and I'm not going to I, I don't want to give it all to snow skiing there's got to be no, more no, there's got to be no. more than that uh, but I think that's an ongoing challenge and again it's not just Indiana Michigan we're talking all the Midwest Ohio isn't much better than we are uh, I'm not sure what the standing is of Illinois but our climate gets a lot of blame I think people are looking for reasons why uh, but I think we as a community need to stand up and say we're better than this uh, that we you know it, we do we know we have an obesity problem we know we have a type 2 diabetes problem we know we have an infant mortality problem a smoking problem a smoking problem a jewel problem exactly how do we how do we as a community not only recognize these but put into place 
treatment programs or awareness programs that really that real really ultimately will have a significant effect not only on our generation but generations oh to come. my gosh when you look at these problems how they're going to affect our young people and already affecting our young people you're right to be concerned um, how do we educate our citizens you know it's it's a lot of it's a matter of awareness i i think as we go along as a community you know, the real expression, you know, not in my backyard. As long as it doesn't affect me personally, uh, then why should I care? Well, number one, one of the reasons why I think we're, we're uh, less healthy overall than Michigan is that we're 49th out of 50 in terms of public health funding. Oh, I mean, right yeah. there. You're, I mean, you get what you pay for. But, Mayor, you know, as a physician, now I'm speaking as a physician, not necessarily a health commissioner, but as a physician, I've had the privilege, and I, I look at it as a privilege to take care of people for 20 years. And I can tell you it's not just about knowing what to do. Most people, I mean, it's kind of for some of the most basic stuff, it's not knowing to do meth or not do meth. It's hard work to live a good and healthy life. It's decision after decision after decision every single day. And it's do you and I and the rest of our colleagues in leadership around the country, around the community, do we make it easier for people to make a good choice or is the good choice a little harder? And I, so I think there's certainly, there's certain education is really important. People need to understand why they're doing what you're asking to do. But on the other hand, it's, and that's why I said it's hard, if it's hard to do, make a good choice in the first place, if there's not a grocery store in your neighborhood, and then on top of that, you feel bad. So now for me to go to the grocery store, I have to get on a bus, drag my kids, go to a store, do, what am I going to do? Am I going to do that or am I going to go to the convenience store? See, I mean, it's all about you are wired and I am wired to be selfish and lazy because that's survival to conserve resources and conserve energy. Everything for me and no energy put output. But the reality is that's what makes it hard to make good choices day in and day out. And so that's why we have to make a system where the good choice is at least not as hard. And it's even amped up now because of the internet. Because that makes, I can have everything delivered to me. Everything bad I can either look at right now or I can have delivered to me in two days. That's what you and I are competing against now in creating an infrastructure that after once you've educated people on the right thing, now go do it. Everybody has to leave the exam room at some point, right? That's, That's true. the problem. That's true. And I think that probably puts all of us in a, in, in a real position now, especially those of us in, in leadership mm -hmm. roles, yourself included, obviously, to figure out ways to uh, get people off of that particular uh, cycle of accepting, um, not doing anything as the norm. Exactly. Uh, but uh, that's, again, something that I think we're going to have to continue to, to try to go after, whether it's through education, whether it's through additional treatment programs for those who are already in a position where they feel helpless uh, through enforcement to the extent that we can uh, get our police departments involved. I, I, there's got to be a better way of, of addressing this. I just don't think we're there yet, but that's, that's, what that's our job. You, that's why you and I go to that's work. That's our day. job. <laughs> that's our okay. job. Well, with that, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Thank Dr. You. McMahon, thank you thank very you. much for joining us. 
And thank you to our listeners for tuning in today. We'll be back soon for another conversation about all the exciting momentum we're experiencing in our city. That's all for now. This is Mayor Tom Henry. Have a great day.